Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is October the 5th. You know what that means, Vincent? What does that mean? That means that we are in the creepy month of Bootober. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Bootober, Bootober, Bootober is here yes. as the Michelle Mission celebrates everything that is great about black horror. Yes, yes, yes. All month long. And boy, we are going to kick things off in grand style tonight as we take a look from 2019 mm. writer, producer, director, Jordan Peele's sophomore effort us mm. how do you follow up get out mm. you follow it with us yes you do starring lapita nawanga winston duke elizabeth moss and <laughs> tim heidecker winston duke in his little shorts <laughs> winston duke who may have missed his comedic calling i know actually i know but we'll get into all of that we will and winston duke as sitcom dad <laughs> in the midst of blood and chaos it's Winston Duke. It's Winston Winston Duke and it's Kevin Jameis. Or, or, or Cliff Huxtable. Or, or Cliff Huxtable. Yeah, he's channeling a few TV Ooh, dads. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, he is. He is. He's channeling them all. He's channeling a few TV dads. Got a little Ray Romano-ish yeah, going on oh, in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's got it going on. Um, so we're going to get into that, ladies and gentlemen, but as First, as always, we'd like to thank each and every one of you who are joining us as we are live streaming live to Facebook as well as YouTube by way of StreamYard. Shout out to everybody that is in the chat. Aaron Fry, uh, Bree Bree 517, Robert Monroe Jr., Farrell Blackwell, who is uh, very happy for this review. Finally, someone is going to explain to me the ending of the movie. <laughs> Uh, Miss Makiba, as well as Sharon Eldridge hey. is in the chat, Vincent. And I don't know if you uh, know about this, but Sharon actually left us a very nice message on Instagram. Oh, before we get there, good evening, one and all. Yes. Uh, Sharon left us a message um, telling everyone on, on Instagram how the Michelle Mission is one of her favorite podcast to oh, listen to you, she encouraged everyone to to listen to our podcast and as she posted a picture of us from our website mm -hmm. she said and i quote look at those two teddy bears oh well thank you sharon thank you so much that is very that is very lovely thank you very yes. much yeah uh i i will say that uh vincent as i noted when he came in is looking um very teddy bearish as he is growing out his beard ladies and gentlemen get this, close up on that this is what we're talking about well it, look at it this it looks nice about. man this is, this is, it looks well we're gonna sculpted have beard talk 
Yeah. All right. So, so you, I mean, could you pointed it out? You, you are purpose, purposely growing out your beard. We're moving into colder months. No, I understand. So you know. So I'm, so I'm curious. Outside of just the sculpting, still in the beard. Go. Yes. Yes. Outside. Of are you are you doing anything else? Are you putting any special berries and, ju- ju- and juices? Oh, just juices and berries. Just juices, juices and berries. And Although, I am fascinated. There is an entire market. There is beard yes. oils and cream and and you know. Here in Philadelphia, I think it's fair to say Philadelphia might be ground zero of Blackbeard culture. Yes, at least and def- it, most definitely. So, so you know, you start to they were we were calling them um, Sunnis. Mm-hmm. First, they were calling them Sunnis. Mm-hmm. Then they were calling them Freeways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, based yeah. On, on the MC Freeway, right? Which, which and then it just sort of spread out from Philly. So I always think that when you look at all of the merchandise. Mm-hmm. And and cosmetic accoutrements. Mm-hmm. Philly always was a step ahead because you know. See, I I, like I definitely 10, fifteen years. I definitely got love for you know the Sunnis and 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 or slash freeways, mm-hmm. but there was always something a little bit unmanaged about them. Right. But to me, the height of you know uh, beard panache. It's still owed to Philly. Right. But I owe it to an even better MC okay. than Freeway. And that would be Black Thought oh, of well, the Black, Roots. Black Thought's beard needs to have some type of monument. It does. Yeah. 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 His, his beard is- but it's, I mean, clearly it's a natural extension mm-hmm. of the beard culture. I, that is. Beard. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. The right. thought, 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 thoughts is just nice. So like this, like, like I really have a baby beard compared to. You do. You do. You know. Philadelphia's finest. Right. And right. I don't even know if I would try and get something that majestic. <laughs> I was I was very curious as yeah. the word you were gonna right. go for. Right. <laughs> I say it's 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 funny. More uh barber chronicles. Mm. Like before um b- before the appointment world that i'm in now right two or three years ago mm-hmm. i would like like i had a my barber was double booking mm-hmm. and there was an unofficial but very official passive but very aggressive race between me and the other guy who had oh, my slot yeah because he like had one of them beards and it would be a minute and it would be a minute like yep. it would be a minute like you fool around yeah. and it would be a 45 minute difference yeah between when you got in and out because you got it blown out yep. and so yeah i used to back in my barber days the fight was to not get to the barber shop early because I, we got to the barber shop when i went to the barber shop we got there at six, six o'clock in the morning on a saturday right that was my dad's appointment. Tom. But the the rush was to get to my barber's house mm-hmm. to pick her up and bring her to the barber shop because whoever picked her up, of course, got the first cut. Of course, there was this dude, um, and it's been so long. I believe his name was was Dan. Okay, he almost always got there first. Okay, but you hated for Dan to get there first because it meant that Dan was going to get his hair cut first. Fine. But Dan also brought his two kids. Oh. And as now the young buck, he had to just deal with, you know, one of the other barbers. Mm -hmm. But his middle kid, Mm -hmm. once he got like about 13, 14 years old, oh no, 
and had to train his head too. So mm. now there's two heads. Yeah, you gotta wait for. So can tell you my one of my flexes. Can tell you one of my dad flexes. What is it? And now you watch when you go out. A lot of times when you see little boys mm-hmm. between the age of like four and ten, they have like just the one all around. Oh yeah, like one link because they can't sit still. Oh or yeah, fade. Mm-hmm. Adam gets a fade. Oh, well. like Adam is trained. Oh, they sit there and, and, and get faded up. So like that's my dad flex. I got a five year old with a fade. Well, hold up. I got a grandpa flex. Okay, because my grandson mm-hmm. getting his first cut, and he had a wild man. He had like you know like mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, Tarzan boy mane like all growing. Bam fade ponytail sat there laughing the whole time didn't move loved it now he's he's just like like killing it impressive so that's that's him now yes every every two weeks every two weeks every two weeks i love to see a boy initiated into the ways exactly exactly we have a, a bit of news that we want to share with people. What's a bit of news? Well, I think news. it is only appropriate that um, Michaud Missionaries join me and Vince as we all rise for some good news. All right. As order in the court. You know you should have left this gal over here with me. <laughs> I knew you. I see. I I thought you played with it before we started, and then it would be get, get out of the way. But no. <laughs> yes, they, they can't see the gavel. They can't <laughs> they see. They just it. hear. It. They just hear just it. Hear it. So right. show show them the gavel. That that, that Vince is it's a gavel from a, a new podcast that I'm doing. But you know who else has a gavel? Simone Missick. Yes, she does. In All Rise, which the OWN Network has picked up the once-canceled CBS legal drama for a 20-episode season three to air in 2022. They that will also begin airing the first two seasons on the channel as well. That is fantastic. Congratulations, Simone, and the entire cast and crew. Yeah, I'm really of All Rise. Very happy for it's a good show. Yeah, oh yeah. It's a good show. It's it's kind of funny. It's got a little bit of quirkiness to it, you know, as the legal dramas go. And it and even though it got a little bit more serious in the second season mm-hmm. because it was dealing with like some of the COVID things, but it was it's 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 pretty good sh- show. And I'm glad to see that it got picked up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I do have to say that I was watching the NFL this Sunday. Which okay, is, which is the National Football League. Thank you, Vincent. thank you. And I was watching it, and all day long, mm-hmm. they were showing trailers for season two of The Equalizer. Or as I call it, Latifalizer. Yes, of the Latifalizer. Yes. Queen Latifah. Yes. And I do have to say. Okay. It really looked interesting. I look. It looked pretty good. Look. People, I may have to sit down and check out the Latifah Lizer. Look, people have disdain for a lot of those CBS shows, and yes. oftentimes I am people. Yes, but they are solid shows. I don't know, man. CSI Mayberry. I think they're solid show. Like, look, it's on. It's solid. You know what you're going to get. Mm. 
they hit that formula. Yeah. Like everything doesn't have to be Twin Peaks. Like everything doesn't have to be. When you go all the way back to Twin Peaks, because I'm thinking of something quirky, something that you know very much had its own identity, like Six Feet Under, or Six Feet Under, or or our beloved The Wire. Like everything doesn't have to be that. Okay. So you know, so I I may have to check it out. Right. I I I also okay may have to hunker down and get Apple TV. Okay. All right. Not because of Ted Lasso. Not because of Ted Lasso. I don't care about Ted Lasso. Okay, all right. I don't care. Everyone document this because I know Lynn well enough. At some point in the future, he's going to watch Ted Lasso Mm -hmm. and he's going to say, ah, I really like this. And I'm going to remind him of, of, because now you've moved into Cro-Mudge. It won't happen. I'm not going to watch Ted Lasso. You just ain't going to watch it. No. Just not going to watch it at all. No. Okay. I think I'll be fine. Okay. However... What is moving the pendulum to me mm-hmm. getting Apple TV is I also saw the trailer for The Foundation. Yeah. 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 I haven't watched it yet, but the two ep- I think two or three episodes are out. <sighs> that really looks good, man. It it looks <laughs> see, you about to see easy. I know it's Isaac Asimov. Yeah, we we going right <laughs> we're, we're going right into easy. your wheelhouse. Well, we need to be real <laughs> easy with the old school science. We're not trying to be here for another forty five minutes. The Harry foundation Sh- is yeah, based Harry off Sullivan. of Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov's trilogy, mm-hmm. and then there were there were expansions of it through throughout the years. He, had, right. he, he there was even a point. Where I believe, no, the foundation didn't connect to some of his other series, right? But but foundation was his big, right? That's his big thing. That's his big. Well, you know, arguably the robot. Well, okay, right. Stories, right, right. And the caves of steel too. Oh, easy, okay, easy, <laughs> okay. All right, stay, easy. stay on track, bits. Stay All on right, track. but the, but yes, the found foundation is one of the great, right, Isaac Asimov projects, and the lead in this story, Harry Seldon. Right. Yes. Um. Who you know? I don't know if much is made of uh his appearance in the in the books. He he's, but they've changed it. They've changed it so that see the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying not to turn it into a thing. <laughs> the problem with making Foundation mm-hmm. into a film or television series. Mm-hmm. Historically, has been there aren't really characters right in it because it covers a span of thousands of years right. Like you know the general, you know the general plot. Mm-hmm. So you know there's a galactic empire. Harry Seldon is basically a super mathematician, right? And through his advanced mathematics, he has predicted that this galactic civilization is going to fall Mm -hmm. and there's going to be thousands of years of chaos and dark ages but that can't be prevented however what we what what can be done is you can shorten the amount of time of the dark ages and you can set up basically a foundation right and the foundation will will be the repository of of knowledge and so on and so forth and the books are about this history. Mm-hmm. But because of the nature of the story, 
Perry Seldon himself, I think, is in Foundation, like the first book. But then, again, it goes thousands of years. And the the major change that they've made with the series, I believe, because I still haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but I believe the major change they've made is they've somehow figured out a way to keep him around. Right, right. And then they're like the emperors, from what I understand, they're going to keep some of them. So they, they've basically changed the story a little bit. And I have heard some um, traditionalists say that this is foundation and name only because they've changed. But but I haven't seen it, but it, I'm looking forward to it. And the, the, ca- the, character, the, the character of Harry Seldon is played by Jared Harris. Yes, um, who is a phenomenal actor. I was about to say, who's a really good actor. Yeah, I, I enjoyed him uh, when he was on Mad Men, and, mm-hmm. and then he actually was in um, Chernobyl on uh, HBO. I never saw that. Yeah, it was, which yeah. is dark. Don't he was it. great in Mad Men. So, I, 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 I might, I might, yeah. you know. And then the other changes they made, which I don't think will affect anything. Of course, the. The, the original foundation was written in, I think, the 40s or 50s, maybe the 50s, mm-hmm. maybe up to the early 60s. Lily White. Yes, and and like, one of the like lead characters. Blindingly White. One of the lead characters now, uh, Gal Dornick, mm-hmm. is, um, who's Harry's protege, is now played by a young uh, black woman. There's a fair number of people of color in the cast. Right, yeah. Yeah, more than a few. So so it, it, yeah. that looks interesting. I mean it looks a bit look Apple Apple my my favorite little um hobby with Ted Lasso is trying to calculate the money they spend on music clearances. Like they just like like they just don't care. Like it's stuff that you never would think you'd hear in a television show. Apple is just like, "Oh, look, we Apple." Well, I guess if the if so the music if they can have the music on Apple Music, right, then right, they we can, just can use it with the shows. So, yeah. so Apple is not playing with their money. Well, that's the thing. Looks very, very well financed. That's the thing that's always one of the biggest things that's kept me from getting Apple TV is mm-hmm. because I know like it's literally about seven shows on there. Like you know, mm-hmm. I'm being facetious, but it's not a not a huge uh, library. Yeah, it's not of things. Um, and I'm like, ah, is that really worth the dough? But then, actually, I just learned, much, you know, you sign up for this stuff and you forget, mm-hmm. that I've been paying for stars for the past year. Isn't that fun? And I don't watch anything on stars. I swear to God, I think that's stars marketing plan. Right. Everybody has stars, and they forget they have stars. Exactly. Like, if you're not watching the 50 Cent drug dealer stuff. You're not watching stars. And yet somehow you have stars. I know. We're the same way. Like, why do we have stars? <laughs> I know. How do we get stars? And, and I'm like, isn't that weird? And I think it's because it's low. Because I think it's, um, it's only like five bucks. <laughs> so it's like, you don't you notice it. Notice it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I think I spent the five Boy, bucks at the store that or something. funny about stars? Yeah, man. Dude. I was like, I need to get rid of this star stuff. Right. And then I saw apples like around the same. I was like, right. Well, right, 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 right. Uh, did you see this, Vince? Director Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth has landed a perfect 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Trying to, yes, like I said, yes, I did. Once again, I am quite excited. According to Leah Greenblatt of Entertainment Weekly, there's real resonant power in all that sound and fury, a tragedy stripped back 
and reborn. Mm. But the essential truth of it undiminished half a millennium on. While Robert Daniels of the playlist adding that Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand are fearless and the tragedy of Macbeth is an enthralling jolt of verse and just good old fashioned dread. Hey. Bubble bubble toil and trouble. Thought you'd be excited to you look. Let's see that. You know I am. Joanne Blaylock on our Facebook group mm-hmm. made mention that all this Shakespeare talk has me having to reconsider Shakespeare because she always thought it was boring. Look. And now she'll have to read it all over again. Well, you gotta see it. I think that's part of the biggest mistake that we make. Right. Like, because these are plays. These are plays. And you need to see them. See them performed mm-hmm. on the stage. Yes. Preferably. I mean, Prefer- if you see a movie, I mean, you but... Know, like I said, there are one or two. One or two. One or two. One or two. Because there's some that are... Yeah. But, um, yes, on the stage. Mm-hmm. Check it out. So you can hit classic science fiction. <laughs> you went back to to, to Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you you don't want to talk about Karis one in in Big Daddy Kane doing a versus. Like you don't want to talk about that. Karis one in Big Daddy Kane yeah, doing a versus. Doing a versus, yeah. Wow. Kane is going to eat Karis one. I, I don't know what Karis one is thinking. thinking about. No. Mm 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 mm. Kane is going to eat his lunch. I have seen Kane. Come on. Of course you've seen Kane. But I've seen young Kane. I've seen old Kane. We joke in my house all the time because when he follows him on uh, Instagram and he is delightful. Yes. He is living his life in North Carolina. Like, like I, I joke all the time. Kane will tell you, yo, let me put these blueberries down because I was just at the <laughs> farmer's market. <laughs> And handle this real quick. <laughs> Old Kane mm-hmm. ain't nothing to play with. Ain't nothing to play with. Whereas someone hold my straw hat real quick. Whereas Karis One has been Mister Get Off My Lawn for the look, last thirty years. Look, I like Karis One, and I like Boogie Down, obviously. But come on, man, Kane. <laughs> Stop. No. Stop. I know. I know. Rakim, Black Thought. Whew, am I finished? Like someone <laughs> who I think could battle Kane? Oh. Um, like I think Nas is a great MC, but battle? Because battle gets into the performative right. a- it, aspect exactly. of it as well. Exactly. So, um, and then Rakim is just so good. Yeah, because Rock- his his stage presence it doesn't matter. He just rock him. Yes, yeah, see, but Kane would eat rock him. Uh, that's a good battle, though. No, but here's the reason why. Because, like you said, rock him has no stage presence, right? Whatsoever. Plus, his stage presence is hard on the microphone like this. Kane would eat him up on the presence alone. And his lyrics, yeah, can probably get with, yeah, right, yeah, oh, yeah. So he would, oh, he yeah. would he eat right his there lunch. With him. Now, who might be able to get with Kane? Maybe not lyrically, but close lyrically and stage wise. And I'm going to go back in the crates, go back to in their era. Honestly, I think Kumo D. That's what people say. 
Yeah. The word was always Kumo D was this great battle MC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Kumo D, I think Kumo D could uh, maybe, don't get me wrong. I still bet. No, came. no, no, no. That but was I think that, he, is, that would be that, a good the, show. The, the hip hop that would be a good show. The hip hop historians have always said the problem with Cool Mo D is that most people have never seen him battle, right? Because he was right. battling before mm-hmm. hip hop was being recorded and televised and stuff. And when we think about him, we think about him with them dumbass glasses on. And he didn't have the best hip hop producer, right? His beats were like very basic, right? You know, right. Yeah, like you like you get Kumo D on a premiere beat. Yeah, yeah, you just made a very old school hip hop historian argument right there. Did I? You did. <laughs> like nobody knows about Kumo D unless they know about Kumo D. That's true. That's true. That's a shame because when they think about Kumo D, they probably think about the beef with LL or or Wild Wild West. I used to go downtown one twenty fifth and it's like. Ooh. I know. Uh, I like me now. Oh, cool, Monty. But real heads, real heads, yeah, real heads know. Talked about cool, Monty. Cool, yeah. You got it. So, so there you go. There, there you go. Now we've done the hat trick of, of, of distracting Vince. <laughs> So we've so done, we've done old school science fiction. <laughs> we did Shakespeare, Shakespeare now hip and now hip hop. So so so, so trying to keep me on track. Yeah. And now all roads lead to us. us. All right, we'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big they've got. Did you hear Gabe got a boat? <laughs> He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. 
We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. Or we kill them. An American horror film written and directed by Jordan Peele, starring Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, and Tim Heidegger. The film follows Adelaide Wilson and her family, who are attacked by a group of menacing doppelgangers. This film, the sophomore effort from writer-director Jordan Peele after his highly successful debut with Get Out, had his world premiere at South by Southwest in March of 2019 and would go on to be a critical and commercial success off a budget of $20 million grossing $255 million worldwide. Yes, sir. Receiving uh, abundance of praise for Peel's screenplay direction, the musical score, and as well, and of course, Lupita Nyong'o's uh, mm-hmm. stellar performance in us vincent's selection to kick off our month that we call bootober vincent what say you of us well before i begin i'm going to invoke mission michelle privilege that we use every once and again Which tells you how important this is. All right. If you have not seen us and you plan on seeing us, Mm -hmm. pause and go watch us before you listen to this conversation. Yes. Because I do think that us is a film that you should go into cold. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I'm, I'm jumping the gun by saying that when the smoke clears, both Lynn and I will both recommend this film. No, you are not. I'm not what? Jumping the gun. You're not jumping right. the gun. So if, if that's what you're waiting for, this gets the the Michelle Mission stamp of approval. Yes. So go ahead yes. and watch it. Come back. From this point forward, I'm going to assume that people have seen it or people don't plan on seeing it and then are just listening to the conversation. Exactly. This is my third time seeing this film and now that I've had a chance to, to kind of have a breath and really go into it the very first thing i think is we're saying that this is a good film like this is a good solid film Mm -hmm. and i was able to look at some performances that i didn't necessarily hone in on the first couple of times i watched it yaya abdul mateen is in here for maybe five minutes as adelaide's father Right in the flashback, the the basic plot, as Lynn said, it centers on the character Adelaide Wilson, who, as a little girl, encountered something strange mm-hmm. and disappeared for fifteen minutes. Then she comes back. The film flash forwards. Adelaide is now an adult, played by Lupita Nyong'o. Mm-hmm. She's married, has two kids. They're going back 
to their summer house, which is near where she vanished for 15 minutes when she was a child. Right. Before the film proper starts, there's basically a prologue where you see the little girl Adelaide. Whatever is going to happen, happens. Mm -hmm. Yaya Abdul-Mateen plays her father. Right. And I like him in like the five minutes that he's in. Like he has a lot of personality when he's at the carnival with her. After she, um, after Adelaide is missing and they find her and they take her to a therapist mm. because she's not talking. There's this really sweet moment where he kind of pulls on her ponytails and 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 you kind of see this love for with a father and uh, a daughter. And another quick moment at the end, we see another flashback and we see the tethered version of this character. Mm -hmm. And I loved his physicality. Mm -hmm. In that moment, like enough that I made note, I was like, wow, this is really nice physicality from him. Mm -hmm. Flash forward, another another um, actress I like, the young actress Shahidi Wright Joseph. Yes. Who plays Adelaide's daughter, mm -hmm. Adelaide and Gabe's daughter. She's about 14, 15. And much like the rest of the family, mm -hmm. she plays two characters. Right. The daughter Zora. She plays the da daughter so uh, Zora, but then she plays her tethered counterpart umbre mm -hmm. and i really really liked her performance this time around where i really noticed just the little personality in both versions mm -hmm. in both versions she you know the um she is a teenage zora and she has this tethered umbre who has a has this really sinister personality mm -hmm. mentioned it before that we we talked about this before in in the in the um in the talk back and i mentioned this because i was listening to that earlier i remain really impressed by tim heidecker right as as um gabe winston duke's character's friend josh mm -hmm. and he's just really this sort of douchebaggy guy mm -hmm. but his tethered character there's this wonderful energy with him with that same douchebaggy guy personality mm -hmm. but now he's monstrous right elizabeth moss as his wife again both characters where she plays kitty but then she also plays her tethered counterpart dahlia dahlia so there are these great performances just on the periphery mm -hmm. obviously we're going to talk about winston duke and Lupita Nyong'o. Mm -hmm. Winston Duke as Gabe, <laughs> Adelaide's husband, is fantastic. Yeah. He's, he's, he's actually just a joy. And he's a sitcom dad. And, and I remember Jordan Peele mentioned noticing the chemistry between the two actors mm -hmm. from Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And you absolutely understand why you put these two actors together. Because they have great energy bouncing off of each other. You cannot say enough about Lupita Nyong'o in this film. Nope. You can't, she is magnificent. And once you know that Adelaide is the original tethered Adelaide oh, yeah. who has switched places with the above-ground Adelaide, who has now grown up to be red, mm -hmm. the layers of performance in both performances as Adelaide and in, and red. 
with Adelaide, there is that strength. There is a little bit of darkness, even in the first 40 minutes, Mm -hmm. which is basically a sitcom. Right. Like it's basically a sitcom for the first first 40 minutes. Right. But there is this energy there with her moving through. Conversely, with Red, as furious as Red is, this righteous indignation, there's this great sadness mm-hmm. about her and her movements. That is fantastic. So just uh Jordan Peele's direction, spot on. For this to be his second film. He is confident. Mm-hmm. He the he he the, the the just shot to shot compositions. His control of tone, as I said, it is basically a sitcom mm-hmm. for thirty eight minutes. The confidence to have that with just a bit of foreshadowing. I mean, it's definitely foreshadowing. But you know, the thing about a horror movie is that once you've seen it once, that sense of dread there's a lot of it that goes away right so now it has to stand on its own merits Mm -hmm. and this is a film that stands on its own merits just again just on the level of direction composition shot the way everything is put together as a film we'll talk about the weaknesses which i think you know it kind of doesn't quite stick the landing for as, as a film as a film itself but overall just as a film, mm-hmm. really enjoy us. I've enjoyed it every time I've seen it more. I catch more and more nuance, more and more things each time I've seen it. It's also my favorite. I just mentioned it's my favorite type of genre film. Like, like I'm not a horror guy necessarily, but I love these social commentary films. And, and this mm-hmm. is a film that very much is social commentary on, again, this sort of late stage capitalism. The, yeah. the fact that for us to live the lives that we live, someone has to pay the price. Mm-hmm. And as Red says, they ask, who are you? And Red says, we're Americans. Right. There's a moment Red says, don't we deserve the sun? Mm-hmm. Don't we deserve any of this? And coming out of a year where many of us door dashed and Instacarted mm-hmm. and Amazon primed and did all of these things where we called workers, um, frontline workers and all of these very, you know, essential workers and all of these, right. you know, very sort of flowery things. But really what we meant was expendable mm-hmm. because we want to live the lives we live. Much like Squid Game, this is a, a sentiment that is very powerful and very relevant in 2021. But what I think complicates this film and separates it from a lot of these films that, you know, so again, social commentary, the underclass, everything that goes along with it. Is this twist and i hesitate to call it a twist because i have to say the first time i saw it i knew what had happened Mm -hmm. i don't think the film really tries to set up this m night Shyamalan situation necessarily no no because once you realize that this character that we're following adelaide is actually the tethered little girl who has switched places. Mm -hmm. 
it complicates it in a way. And I think what what interests me is this concept of merit that you see in this film, hmm. where when Red and her family come up, Red basically splits everybody off with mm-hmm. their counterparts. Mm-hmm. And you get the sense that she almost tells the counterparts, you got to earn your spot here. Like all four of them, or rather all three, because Adelaide and Red have their own situation going on. Mm -hmm. But I love the dualism of Zora and Adelaide's conversation in the beginning where Zora used to run track and now she stopped running track and, and, and gave jokes. Oh, you could be in the Olympics. And, Ad, and, and, and Zora's like, I couldn't be in the Olympics. And Adelaide says, you can do whatever you set your mind to. That's right. Understanding where she's coming from. And then when Red groups Zora with Zora's doppelganger, Umbre, mm-hmm. and she tells Zora, girl, run. And you get the sense this is a race. This is actually a race. They send the boys off by themselves. Adelaide gives her son a bit of Jason, her son Jason, a bit of advice. Do your trick. Mm-hmm. And this family fights for its space. Mm-hmm. And I just read this racially. Like, like this is very much a case of like everything, everything that we deal with. But if you're black, like you kind of earned your space. Like, this is my space I earned. So, yeah, everything about late-stage capitalism, zero-sum game. For someone to win, somebody got to lose. But if if it's this system plus racism, and you kind of figured out a way through the racism, it's this complication in this film where you get the sense that this family earns the right to be where they are by the end. And, and, you know, I love the fact that it gets all crazy. Yeah. It's all crazy. But there are moments where you see this family adapting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and remaining a family. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that, you know, there's a moment where the brother and sister give each other a fist bump. They have a ridiculous conversation, but it's very much a family conversation about who had the most kills. Yes. And they really kind of come together as a unit so that i love that complication of it mm-hmm. of this of this 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 um commentary if you will is it perfect no it's not um i wish jordan peele would have trusted the mystery like there's a moment towards the end where red basically explains yeah. what has happened yeah. What's going on with the tether? The classic moment in almost every horror movie. And it does not make one lick of sense. Yeah, right. Like if you think about this story for, for more, more than, than 30 seconds, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. I couldn't get past who was down there making the beds. <laughs> well, I couldn't get like, past. Like who's making the red jumpsuits? I couldn't get past the working escalator. <laughs> you couldn't get past. Right, right. <laughs> hey, hey, that's a good American workmanship yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. But that aside, and and I did notice that comes really at the end. And I also think if I'm being really generous, Red says, I believe, before she launches into this explanation. Right. And they show things that Red couldn't have seen. Like when they show Adelaide coming to switch places, walking through the underground, Red didn't see that because Red was still above ground. 
Wait a minute. When they showed when they show the actual flashback right. of Adelaide walking through the underground and they show all of the all of the tethered patomiming what they're what's happening in the fair. That's not Adelaide. No, no. It is that's who becomes Adelaide. Like I'm calling Adelaide the tethered. Okay. Red right. is is the little girl who got switched. Right. So that's Adelaide walking to switch places. Right. Basically with red. Yeah. Red is is describing it. But red couldn't have seen that. Because red was still above ground. And red says, I believe this is what happened. So she's kind of an unreliable narrator if you want to be generous. Okay, okay. I I, I get what she's the I believe she's being reliable on that moment. I, I don't agree with your assessment of that. It doesn't make a lick of sense regardless. But this is really a ding. This mm-hmm. is really a ding. Overall, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed this song. Well, it, something like that is like, you know, something that we, we've said since the beginning of this mission. That if a film is really good and gets you engrossed in its characters and its tone and the direction and you're trusting the d- direction you'll make you'll start making allowances for mm-hmm. certain things because you just want to just sit and be you know immersive in the whole experience of it right um to your point about that you know adelaide adelaide red tether mm-hmm. is tether red or tether adelaide it says that you know i think this is what happened based on her walking through and seeing you know the the tethered you know uh counterparts to what uh regular adelaide would be seeing as they are both following the same track mm-hmm. so that's why she's saying i i i think this is what i'm saying this happens so i see that as, as more of a reliable narrative narrator than you but who you know who's who knows the ending of the movie yes it gets a little very wonky mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the reasons why in the comments people are saying like you know can somebody explain the ending of it i there's no explanation coming here um because there's still a part of me that is still not 100 sure of what hands across america has to do with all of this mm-hmm. but apparently it does it's so much so that they do all you know you talk about a prologue there's a whole prologue about the <laughs> hands across america right um and then we return to it at the end of the, and then end of the film and it, part of me was like okay well maybe part of this tether is this when the tether started with at what hands across america okay maybe that is when it started now they're just returning to old you know whatever habits uh, i don't know um Again, you think about it for more than a second, it kind of starts falling apart. But in many ways, this film, which I don't want to inundate the the audience right now, I second almost every one of your, you know, your remarks in regards to this film. I think it's an excellently made film. I think tonally it is pitch perfect. I think that even the sitcom feel of the beginning as it as the film starts to descend more and more into the macabre aspects of the story that you can actually feel that happening with with the with the uh with the shift in how the characters are are dealing with one another and you can see you could almost 
you can almost see the hair raising on the back of the neck of Lapita Nwanga the longer that she stay, stays in this beach house. Um, so I think it's pitch perfect in in that way. Um, I to celebrate all of the acting in this in this uh, film. We've gone on about Lapita Nwanga and and many other things that we have seen her in from Black Panther to queen of catway um but then to uh but we don't often get an opportunity to see someone another one of my favorite actresses elizabeth moss mm-hmm. uh, i almost am never disappointed when i see elizabeth moss in a project and it was nice to see her here you know having fun as it were um i also appreciated that this film i think plays fair with the audience you know, you you gave gave it away at the top of your review about you know the switch that happens between Adelaide and and Red. You know when they were when they were younger. The film doesn't directly spell that out until the almost the very end of the film, but the signs are there all along. Mm-hmm. Um, one sign that I never really picked up on before until. I think upon repeat viewing and and reading commentary about the film was how, you know, Adelaide, um, when she is with her family, especially when they're, they're, they're grooving to, I got five on it, which is a recurring theme in this, in the movie. She's like a little, just a little offbeat with her, with her snapping. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are moments when she actually in a, in, in a fit of rage, you know, kills one of the tethered and you mm-hmm. you hear her kind of just like start grunting as mm-hmm. all of the other tethered do um and i think even more so in this film it, 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 upon this rewatch i i don't know why it never, it never down dinged with me before in that red is literally the only tether yeah that shows any sense of like intelligence yeah you know actual speech um and you learn that she's the one that put together the plan and kind of like the leader mm-hmm. of it. everyone else is just mindless grunting at at each other howling yeah. at the moon as it were yeah uh so you know that plays fair along with it because there's something different about red and then of course you find out what it is um and i i like the watching it now it's like wow the the signs were there the entire time mm-hmm. with this film um and and for some people there are some people that that caught on right away mm-hmm. um which which is fair because you know going back to the earliest days of the twilight zone which this film definitely feels like an extended episode of the twilight zone he, he talks about i think it's the doppelgangers right exactly yeah, an, an episode of the twilight zone called was the it the do- was it the twilight zone i think you think it was an episode of that, another um, show or is that um i think outer limits outer limits i yeah. believe i believe yeah it wasn't but but he definitely is talked about, about that long but he's also talked about his long his long you know um you know, love of the Twilight Zone of Rod Serling's, and, and it, it, it it's all over this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like all of those, you know, shows and those anthology series, you know, 
you kind of know what's going to happen. But the whole idea is the journey there. Sure. You know, Um, and this journey is just definitely worth taking. You read some of the the racial aspects of the of the film and, and they are definitely there. But unlike in Get Out. I don't think they hit you over the head with it right here. No, not at all. Yeah. Because in this, in this film, it decidedly is first and foremost, a, well, he would call it a horror film. I, despite the kills, I would call it more of a thriller. It's it's just, it's just a very, or a suspenseful film, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, you know, I have no argument with, with being hard. That is first and foremost, what this film is, is, trying to do and it succeeds there in its commentary that it has on capitalism and whatever you know it's conversations of race and being black in america um they are there for you to enjoy just as you just start peeling away the layers on the film and that's good movie making that's good storytelling Mm -hmm. and you know that like you said in his in only your second film to be able to to do that and get out was a phenomenal success he could have easily in his second film done this but it could have been a lot more bloated you know sure. it could have just ran with the running time and everything like that but no it's just still a very tight film it's not a long film and it gets into the action right away um and that's that's the mark of a writer director mm-hmm. who is not afraid to be his own editor on on his work and you know just distill things to exactly what what needs to happen he's blessed with fantastic performers who are able to get across this admittedly a bit of a muddle of a story at the end but by then you're taken in by the performances you're taken in by the visuals like yeah. the, the 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 ending scene where Adelaide and Red are fighting in the hallway and they, 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 I call it fighting it really is a dance I'm about to say it's actually a dance it's a dance it's doing it's it, it it's it's breathtaking yeah. it's, it's fantastic it's 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 glorious man um it's there is so much confidence in this film that you're it, it whatever dings we could give it you you don't even give a damn about them man yeah. um you you shouted out the the actress uh Shahadi Wright Joseph as Zora I will also second you on her performance I think she comes away as like a, a star from mm-hmm. this movie um the scene where you talked to you 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 mentioned about when they go through all you know who's got the higher kills and mm-hmm. why she should be driving i thought was just first of all even though it is definitely a comedic bit right in the middle of all this tension it is perfectly placed to just take the air just a little air out of the tension to just like let you laugh a little bit yeah and, and what I also liked about it is it showed that this young girl is decidedly the daughter of Adelaide is. and Gabe. There you go. Because she's got a little bit of both of them. Yeah. She's a smart ass like her father. Just just her father's a little dumber. But she's a, a 
she's quick. She's, she's quick with she, it. Well, she's a badass. She's like a her badass mom. like yeah. her mom. Yeah, you know, and she's just a little too young. Right. So get your ass in the back seat. Right. Right. Um, but and I absolutely loved it. And I also, but what I also loved, you know, subtle thing here, and you're left to believe that young Jason is not slow either. Despite not having many lines in this film and not much to do in this movie, he does the most important thing because he knows. Right. He knows the truth. Well, like you said, they're both Adelaide's children. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, and, I, and I liked, I, I, I just found myself just enjoying this film Look, all over again. The family dynamics, again, you're talking about the 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 beautiful tonal shades mm-hmm. in and you know talking about the the who had the most kills i laughed out loud at the moment when the tethered family first comes in and gabe is 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 scared and he's trying to negotiate and, you know you can have my wallet you can have my car you can have my boat and without missing a beat zora says dad nobody wants the boat yes which has now been a running joke mm-hmm this is a great family. Mm-hmm. This is a great family, and it does capture the love of the family. And and you know, there's a moment where the two kids give each other a fist bump mm-hmm. after they've been bickering because they're brother and sister. But now they they've you know they've gone through this gauntlet together. That's right. And they're right. you know they are brother and sister, and they give each other fist bump. They go and they rescue their mother. All of that. You talked about the dance between Lupita Nyong'o and, and Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o. Nyong'o. Right. Her physical performance is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talking about the sadness in Red, when you realize that Red is the is Adelaide, who's and she and you watch her come into the house, and what you're really seeing is a little girl who hasn't been home yeah. in twenty years. And I love how she picks herself up and sits in the chair cross-legged mm-hmm. because it's probably how she sat in the chair the last time she was there. Well, was she She wasn't at this beach house. That's where, um, I mean, I think the implication is that's where they were when they went to the carnival. This was her family's beach house? Yeah, because those are all pictures. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's, right, that's right, the right, family that's right, house. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, the impl- I mean, that's how come she knew yeah. that the key was hidden yeah. in the rock. Right. All the kids know where the extra key is. Right. Like you said, the film plays fair. Mm-hmm. So that once you know, Adelaide don't have to break into the house. Right. I mean, Red don't have to break in the house. She know where the key is. Yeah. So yeah, it, it really is just just a great film. Somebody uh down to Mars girl uh on YouTube is asking, I really wish Jordan Peele would explain the significance of the scissors because that played a role in the marketing of the film. Mm-hmm. I think that along with the returning recurring motif of the number eleven yes. in this film is uh another aspect and there are other little like Easter eggs in here of of what i read was that the how two things that look that are the same thing right can come together to make a whole such right. as the two parts of a scissors right and the scissors as a symbol 
of cutting the tether. To cutting the tether. As she said, this is the untethering. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the one-to-one is just two. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The two, two of the same together to make the one. Right. Um, it's a film that, in lesser hands, could be more clever than it needs to be. Yeah. 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 It, it, and in lesser hands, these could come off like real cute. Right. You know, trying too much. Right. You know. Um, but just from sheer imagery. I mean, it was it, it immediately became iconic. Mm-hmm. And the way that you know it is Halloween. Like after Halloween, you know, you would see people dressed like the tethered. Oh, yeah. Like if yeah. you see someone in a red jumpsuit mm-hmm. with the scissors. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is us. Yeah. And and that is a te- I think that is a testament to the power of just the images. Well, also, and also, I think another testament to the power of the images is that when you spoke about how it became iconic, what you saw, what you see in the wake of us, as well as in Get Out, is people trying to appropriate the look and feel of Jordan Peele's, you know, work um and more to the point uh his cinematographer uh mike uh geolakis um because this is a gorgeous movie yeah oh yeah and considering that this is a film that is starring a black leads dark skin black leads yeah at night, yeah, in shadows, yeah, for the most part in this film, it is gorgeous, and you still never lose any side of them. You never lose any side of the tone. You never lose any side of the dread. It is just um, masterful. Uh, it, I will say, watching this again, I'm very curious of. Um, what your what your take on um Candyman is going to be now? Mm-hmm. Because that is also produced by Jordan Peele, sure. not directed by Jordan. Sure, Peele, produced by Jordan Peele. Sure, uh, and there's going to be a little bit of symmetry that I'll be curious if you pick up on it. Um, would you down to Mars? Girl said that was the blackest family costume. The Halloween of. Uh, following that movie you're actually right Mm -hmm. that was the black family uh costume um would you Mm -hmm. vincent recommend that people watch us well i think we've answered that already yeah yeah but but i I would wholeheartedly Mm. recommend people watch us i i think always like I, i think about how we've talked about barry jenkins and, and I've kind of held off from saying things until we got three Barry Jenkins films. Mm-hmm. So I am I am very, very hopeful about this third Jordan Jordan Peele film that's coming out. Nope. So that I can have three and you can have a pattern mm-hmm. where Jordan Peele is almost at that. I, I think you have to watch everything he makes. Mm. Like, like I think he he's 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 made two, dare I say, important black films mm-hmm. in a row, and and much like you, we didn't dig into it that much, but but 
I do think you can enjoy this film on so many different levels. Yeah. And in that regard, I won't say it's better or worse than Get Out, but it's different than Get Out in that aspect. Like, like in a lot of ways, I don't know how many layers there are in Get Out. Like, Get Out is just sort of pure. Mm-hmm. It's just this pure film that it, it, it's all this one united message. Whereas, as you said, this you can look at this as a horror film. You can look at this as social commentary. I, I think there's this amazing read of like the black middle class mm-hmm. in this film like like all the howard university like this is a upper class or, or upper middle class black family mm-hmm. kind of navigating all this so this is a film that not only do i think you should watch i think this is a film that rewards rewatching, and i maybe have changed my opinion because i've always said that i thought as us was scarier than get out but i think like i said once you know well basically what you said like you 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 said it's not even necessarily hard it's more thriller Mm -hmm. like i love the tone Mm -hmm. of this film that that for people who are like me who don't necessarily like horror films i would recommend this to them as well i would recommend it as well um I I guess there's a little bit more of a dread in us. I I tend to think that Get Out maybe to me as far as on that scary vibe mm-hmm. is maybe a hair scarier, mm-hmm. oh, but definitely only like the first time going around because you know sometimes you know once you know it you know it right. But like the moment in Get Out when that lady stares that teacup. <sighs> I mean, that still takes your heart away because, and and you see him trying to. It, it it's it's. Oh, uh, I think the character's name is it is it Betty when she goes no 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 no. That is one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. So and and like and and as good as us no, is, no, 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 no. there's there's no moment like that in us. Right, right. Especially once again, I found myself really really sad mm-hmm. for red mm-hmm. like i was just so sad for her. like everything she did even you know she when the boys were playing and one of them starts yelling and she says i think that one's yours yeah you know and, and she's just sort of patomiming being a mom mm-hmm. because when she was 11 she got kidnapped so she doesn't really know how yeah. to yeah. Like like she just sort of remembers her mom. Mm-hmm. This is something her mom would say. Right. And it was just really really sad to me. Yeah. Uh let me just a little uh, one last little uh, bit, bit of um a business. The actress who plays her mother in the flashbacks. Yeah. Anna Diop. Anna Diop, who is actually seen now on HBO Max's right. Titans. Yeah. As a Starfire. Coriander. Doesn't do a lot. Has maybe no. three lines. No. Like even Yaya um Abdul Mateen has more mm-hmm. to do than her and he's not in it that much. No, not at all. But no, it, no. it it does say something about the caliber of actor mm-hmm. that Jordan Peele pulls in for like you know, a minute. Exactly. Like a minute. Right. So, yeah. 
So yes, I would definitely uh, recommend that people watch us. What I would not recommend is the uh, versus idea that Farrell Blackwell is throwing out there in the text. Eddie Murphy versus Tyler Perry. Um, (laughs) And no one wins. No one. No one wins on that. All right. All right. So before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week in Bootober, ladies and gentlemen, we invite you to uh, follow us. Go to our website. It's a cool website. There, There are cute teddy bears there according to uh sharon eldridge uh and it won't go down like (laughs) facebook no it won't no it won't uh michelle mission two men one podcast every black film ever made at our website where you can hit swag to check out all the cool designs that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at t public if you have any thoughts concerns or recipes that you want to share with us Email us at mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube at mission. And if you really want to help us out, subscribe on YouTube. Get our subscribers up. We really appreciate that. Um, as well as tell a friend about the show. Tell a friend like you you enjoy our cool little podcast. And, and if they like movies, they don't just have to like black movies. It's black they like movies then they will enjoy our show i have no doubt about it and also please feel free on the podcaster of your choice leave us a five-star rating and a review because that helps people also find the show the michelle mission is brought to you by the podglomerate curated podcast for your listening pleasure thepodglomerate.com they make podcasts work all right. All right. Next week. Next week. It's your my, turn. It's my turn. All right. And you know, I'm digging in the crates. Oh boy. I'm di- I'm I'm digging. I'm digging in. I'm scooping out all of the stuff from the pumpkin. I I carved it all up. Now I'm getting all the guts out. Mm-hmm. Although you're digging in my crate. I am. Mm-hmm. I am cuz I am in the world of the 70s. That's right. Uh, specifically 1976. Mhm. As we watch Bernie Casey. <laughs> Bernie Casey. Also playing a dual role. In the dual <laughs> role of Dr. Black. <laughs> Mr. Hyde. 1976. Next week on the Michelle Mission in Boo-tober. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and don't forget... That Anika Noni Rose is the second <laughs> finest actress uh-huh. in Hollywood talk history. About that. I'm going to go along. Oh, well, okay. Well, uh-huh. This may be the last time we see uh-huh. this banner. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy it now. We'll, we'll take it away. <laughs> Don't want to trigger anything. Uh-huh. I'm going to this ride home. Uh-huh. <laughs> second. I don't like that second talk. I talk about that second talk. Um... There can only be uh-huh. one. Uh-huh, Number exactly. One. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Sorry. Wrap it up. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>